bought a mic for Listomania. It's January 2022, and we're recapping the best in music, TV, and movies of the year 2021. This is part two of our best TV of 2021 with myself, Ernest, and my co-host, Drew and Hunter. We love to take this time at the beginning of the year to look back on the previous year. And uh, we just have so many amazing shows to dig into that just like last time, uh, last week with the albums list, we broke it up into two episodes. So please be sure to listen to part one for the uh, back half of the list. And this really digs into pretty much the top three uh, shows. We had so much to say. We just had to split it up into its own episode. So this is part two of our best TV of 2021. Hope you enjoy so now we get to top or no no no. now we get your number, number three, three which is succession which we just talked so much about midnight mass i just want to for the sake of time just keep it brief <laughs> we're i i really want us to do a full deep dive once drew finishes the season i think it is exceptional i think this was definitely in the vying for my number one spot like it was mm. up there until i had to change some things around but i think this is the best season the show has wow. ever had um, the fact that they made it during a pandemic didn't impact it at all. Quality it's, it's, wise. It's pretty, it's one of the only shows where a lot of shows you're like, wow, they made it during a pandemic and you can like tell just a little bit, you know, just a bit. Yeah. I couldn't tell. Yeah. There's just well, they, like the, slightly less extras. The pandemic hasn't impacted the ultra rich at all. Like yes. it, it, it's only made them more rich, yeah. you know? So I, I will say I didn't, I won't, this isn't my favorite season, I will say. It's like, and I don't I don't know if it's the pandemic. I don't know if it's just because uh, this was kind of a table resetting a lot of this season. That's I probably do like, it. I like season two. Uh, two is my I like favorite two, so far. It's somewhere in between a little bit and a good amount more. <laughs> like, it's somewhere in between the two. Season two is just like, I could tell you like four different episodes in season two that were like fucking up there for just some of the best things that I think, like I've ever seen in years. I think season two is also the season where it like, at least for me, it, levels up. it made a leap where I was yeah. like, yeah. I didn't know that this show would get that good. Season three. The reason that I like it so much, because you're right. There's like, I was telling you, I haven't finished it. And obviously the most things of any season tend to happen at the end, Yeah, but nothing last is two episodes. But like, wild. generally speaking, not much has happened. The reason I like that is because that means that they're going long haul with this show. Mm -hmm. Like they are getting ready. To yeah, make they're not. They're not emptying the clip. Anymore. They're, they're, After end of season two, they're like, we're keeping. Yeah. Stuff. Like this is like a second act season. So much. This entire season is uh, without getting into spoilers, which we can do in a different episode. This entire season is Jeremy Strong as Charlie Brown getting the football taken out from under him. <laughs> like every time, every single episode, you just yeah. think this is going to be it. This is the time Lucy won't pull the football. <laughs> yeah. And I'll get it's him just, able to kick it, and it just um, it never happens. In terms of just pure compliments, I want to give the show. I think this has the best chemistry of any cast on TV right now. Oh, yes. dude, um, so good. Kieran Culkin, Kieran Culkin like, levels really up. Close. We're like too. everyone, season. like obviously in season three, they're getting shaggier with the filmmaking style because they're letting these people cook a little yeah. bit. They're letting them improvise, improvise yeah. and it's all working because these people are on a wavelength in a way that not many shows, like especially prestige shows, man. Those shows tend to be so scripted and so put together that the cast doesn't really have the ability to jive like this cast does. 
and this cast gets along dude like they they all get it they're all on the wavelength dude, matthew mcfadden and then mvp well and then yeah. also really crucially because obviously like the you know the big thing was that jeremy strong profile oh. in the new yorker that everyone all the celebrity actors were coming out being like i stand with jeremy strong like <laughs> jessica chest keep pushing just because the writer was like hey jeremy strong's weird yeah. it's like yeah he is so what like it's still like that, people still took that as more of a that, negative article than i will ever quite I, that's understand what I'm saying. like i don't i swear to god i i had the new yorker a few years and they do that profile a few times a year man whenever they get an actor who is opaque and like heart and very serious they do this profile where it's like you know you won't believe it but this artist actually really takes their shit pretty seriously it's like yeah yeah dude the thing is this show it's funny that he does that because this is a comedy and he genuinely treats it like a drama that's why he's so good yeah that's the show it, because this show is it has high comedy great comedic performances by people who know it's a comedy uh, key I mean Tom Gregg and Roman are the three key yes. comedic performers here and then it has two Shakespearean actors in yeah. Logan and Kendall those guys are acting like this is they're doing a play for the king of fucking England yeah. you know like they, they are they're coming to it with that level of gravitas and prep and the difference is Logan's character has that gravitas Kendall is so funny because the character doesn't <laughs> His character sucks, but the performances, but like the, the performances, performance there, it's, it's so self-serious, which is what his character is. You're dead right, and that's it's something that would just feel like tonal whiplash in anybody else's hands, and anybody else's hands except for Jesse Armstrong's. I but know. like, he just knows. I, I, the show's a miracle in that way. Like, I don't know how this show works. The more and more that you look at it, because it's like this should, this show should just be pretty, but it should be like empty calories, yeah, and it's not. No, it's and that's, that's what what's I'm insane. Saying. It's it's alchemy because the the chemistry goes beyond cast. The way it's shot informs the way the cast interacts, where they all work together, and it feels loose, but it's not. And that's the exact way that if you watch the show, that's how it looks. We're like. It's gorgeous and so well blocked and staged, and yet it's shot as if it's all just like, oh yeah, we're just like, buddy, we're just, I don't know. wait until you get it's, to the fucking last two yeah, episodes. It's like, well, oh, we're just we're just turning on the wow. camera too. Yeah, it is like. I mean, this shows at number six on my list. It could easily be higher. I feel like it's just you know, I. It's that whole thing about what's new. Yeah, we just we already know that it's like yeah. So I just, great. My I top just, five things are things that I, for the most part, we have not talked about before. The so. I just want just because you sa- just said that about like the blocking and the framing. It's crazy. There's there's a shot. I'm sure you saw it on Twitter on Twitter of uh, Jeremy Strong's Kendall just crouched yeah. down on the of ground. Course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his two siblings like trying to console him Dude. as he's so distraught. <laughs> so and like good. the whole context of that scene and 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 everything that's happening in that moment is one of the best episodes in TV in the entire year. And holy fuck. It's exactly what you're saying. We're like it's something again without spoiling that scene. It's Jeremy Strong is treating it like it's this great tragedy and like Shiv and Rumor are like, yeah, dude, it's fucking fine. Whatever. Like, it's fine. <laughs> like, it's just like they're making light of this thing. That's like yeah. a heavy burden on this character. Um, Yeah, it, it, it's it's just a special show. We're like, it's rare that a show anytime that the show is trying to be funny. I It works for yeah. me. Like, and that's hilarious. And then anytime it's trying to be dramatic, that also works. Like it, the show has such a command of the show. The show yeah. understands what is good about itself. Yeah. In a way that most shows don't. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say two words. No context. 
dick pic. That's it. Yeah. Fucking amazing moment <laughs> in TV in 2021. Um, Just legendary shit. So well, good. also, because we're going to get to Station Eleven Release the soon. Dick pic. Um, <laughs> Succession and Station Eleven are a great like dual case study of how to make Shakespeare in the modern era. Yeah. How to incorporate Shakespearean drama in a literal way versus like a metaphorical way. You know, um, I thought a lot about that while watching station 11, you know, I mean, obviously cause it's in the, it's in the text for sure. Well, yeah. Station 11 is just straight up about Shakespeare yeah. and like the way that they incorporated it. This is like the succession is more just it's like, just a like a modern new Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a new, like, yeah, it's, it's a new monolithic story. Um, I think we should definitely dive into more specifics when Drew finishes it. It is Succession. It is my number three and Drew's number five and Hunter's number six. So it looks like we're at top two. We're at top two. Boys, top two at the two hour mark. Top two at the two hour mark. So round in the end here. Number two, Drew. Um, It was a real murderer's row of me and my top two. I went with how to as my number two. Hell yes. Let's talk about it. So Let's this was go. my number six and Hunter number four. four. This this is in the running for my favorite show on right now. Um, I don't know if we said on air or off, but this show to me is is high art masquerading as like a funny little weird documentary show. Um, this is an experimental filmmaking yeah. case. Like, I called it. I, called I tried it like, to recommend this show to people, and they're like, "What is it like?" I'm like, "Well, it's like not quite documentary, but it's not like just it's not like a laugh out loud comedy." But like, I I don't know how to describe exactly. this show to because a person. John's influences are beyond you know yeah. the the lexicon. They're well, th- it's also his voice. That's the other thing. Is like I call this like anthropological like yeah that's ex- what it is it, it, like, yeah. it, he's just archiving the like, thing human is, life that's not a good sell <laughs> well yeah i tried dude over like the holidays i tried to like uh every year when i see my sister i tell her about high maintenance uh-huh. and like which owns so hard by she's the way. about to like move to new york and i'm like please girl please. oh my god when you live in new york you gotta see how you have to yeah. i swear to and, god it's so good and so this this year i was like okay so there's this other show <laughs> Hey, New York. <laughs> On <HBO>. Wow. <laughs> Called How To With John Wilson. And she just like, she's like, well, this fucking guy's been annoying the shit out of me about high maintenance for years. Like, I guess I'll put on this other show. So she just puts it on with like a bunch of family around. <laughs> and it's just John Wilson's voice just like reverberating. Over, yeah, over just living. like shots of like dead rats in the streets. And it's like, I'm not sure that this is like. Yeah. The right vibe for this situation. Right so now. the reason this went, was so high for me and <laughs> the reason I'm so excited for it is because this made the succession leap in season two for me, where season one, I was like, wow, this is right up my alley. This is an incredible show. Excited for the future. Season two, I was like, I didn't know it could get much better. Yeah, It's got another gear. It got yeah. better, man. Well, OK, Hunter. So Drew and I talked about this when we did the episode without you, but I need to know your thoughts on the Avatar Society. Oh my god, dude, that's insane. It's just funny because like we've, we've always made the joke of like who the fuck even does Avatar has no cultural influence and it's the <laughs> highest grossing movie ever. And just seeing these people that is so it's both 
funny because it's fucking people who are obsessed with Avatar and learned Navi so they can just <laughs> walk around fucking Central Park and just speak Navi to each other. But it's also like going to make you choked up and emotional because it like saved a guy from committing suicide. His love of Avatar. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. So that's the thing about there's things like that throughout this entire show where it's just like it's really funny until it becomes profound. And yeah. then like you're like, what is this? Is this just like, yeah, the, the human best connection piece of content yeah. on television? So, so it has that piece to it where sometimes it veers off into something that really is makes you emotional. And then it also this season gets better at finding people for John. Yes. Um, some like every now and then in season one, pedophile in season one, a lot of the (laughs) season one, a lot of the time we would see the process of him finding someone and like deciding to follow them. And that's great when it's organic, but you can't always rely on that happening. So in season two, sometimes they'll just sort of skip that and they'll just like, They'll just admit, like, yeah, no, I went on Craigslist and I found someone. Yeah, because or they'll, that's they'll what, find a way to to like you know mesh yeah. it a little, like it, the Avatar crew. Like, well, exactly. Or yeah, he just you know, found a comic. And there, yeah, and there's an when it. there's an episode where he uh he uh he's looking at like listings of like free stuff or whatever on Craigslist. What he's really doing is scouting out a weird person. He's yeah. trying to find a weirdo to go visit. And that's the Nathan. Yeah. That's the Nathan. That's what I was going to yeah. say. That's a Nathan Fielder special right now. Yeah. Right there. Like he, that's what he does. You can just find weirdos on the internet if you look hard enough. But I think that something about this show is that one of the genius things about the show is that there are episodes of Nathan for you that just like don't hit because they, at the end of the day, they kind of have to center around a person and this show doesn't have that limit. At the end of the day, John Wilson is the star. John Wilson is the one. If something doesn't work, like uh, whatever it is, he's not on camera. He is the camera. Yeah, He is the camera. I mean, so he's a star, like a, uh, disembodied voice of a yeah. star but like there'll just be a thing where like he's seeing like uh, um, in the same episode with the uh, avatar people the targeted ad people and stuff like that <laughs> and he's like they're talking with him and like sees the guy the douchebag dude with all of his cars and like rides them and then he's just like on to the next thing because he was just like yeah. this guy isn't interesting enough to like spend more yeah, time so with. he just yeah he just moves on and like and it also allows it doesn't have to be like another constraint of Nathan for you was the intense amount of plot that he had to force these people to participate in. Yeah. Like he had to get these this year. You're getting real people like yeah. just genuinely and they, themselves. And, and the episode had to be about like improving their business with this. It doesn't have to be about that. If he just finds someone interesting, he can just go with them, man. Yeah. Like it's, he it's in the same way that he can just leave someone who's not he can just follow someone without a reason to because the writing and the writing staff that they've accumulated especially for season two Connor O'Malley Connor O'Malley yeah. Susan fucking Orlean yeah, yeah Susan Orlean is so it's such I a still can't believe I know it's such a strong production and writing staff that they will find the thread if he if he just follows these people they will find the connective tissue and yeah. weave it into a fucking poem yeah. They will make it into the most beautiful script you've ever heard. Dude, the I, the 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 the, li- the custom license plate. Dude, moment. oh my god, oh. telling an entire entire like story just with the license yeah. plates of New York, the Jeez. vanity plates is so I good. I like my jaw was dropped during that whole oh, yeah. sequence. I was like I and, cannot believe so, that this is happening. And uh 
it it's like we were saying like i when uh when we were talking with lee about the show i i was i hadn't even looked it up but i was basically i was just like no like i guarantee you lee like there are other uh videographers like shooting stuff in the streets of new york for this show it's it can't yeah, just, you found that one and then yeah guess what I, I maybe the most serendipitous moment of the entire year for me was finding out that the person who runs my favorite instagram account that uh it's it's it, it like accumulates cringe tiktok content in a very special way it's called fave tiktoks 420 on instagram <laughs> it's it's run by a woman who is a videographer for john wilson amazing her job is legitimately just to walk around the streets of new york and shoot stuff because that's so cool it's not a cameraman yeah because john is the cameraman when john's in the scene also people recognize john now Mm-hmm. Like I guarantee you well, yeah, that he but will that's get also, spotted. That's not even a problem. It's just any like every single like scene or shot for this show. There are never two camera people. Yep. It's the, just one. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's never it's not like he would have himself and then also someone else shooting the same subject. It's only ever just him or just someone else. Mm-hmm. So the people who are just someone else, all they're doing is just shooting whatever they see in the street. That's the, her job. Like that is the coolest job on earth is to just like just go around New York. Yeah, because it's an endless pool. of. I content. know. And it's also just like if you just like look around yeah. whenever you're walking around New York, you're just going to see shit like this. And it's, it's also wild. like it's the coolest job because it's not a technical job. You do have to know how to work a camera. Of course, you have to know how to find you people. have to have you have to know how to have an eye because yeah. it's not even about finding people. You're not even talking to people. You're just shooting. Interesting it's like, shit. Yeah, it's just like things are like, just like like glitches some, in the matrix. The people that you're that you finding you're finding from afar. You're just like seeing a weirdo doing something weird and you're like interesting or yeah. Yeah, you're just, just seeing like a, a door or like a window that like doesn't make sense somewhere. It's just like it's things like that. Yeah. Just something like that you're like it, it, because there is no you don't know what you're going to use it for yet it's Seems the most like it keeps out on job, a fence and it's just like it's the most open. interesting job in videography is this job because you are ju- your entire job is just like find things and we'll figure out if yeah. it's useful you have have a good eye and just trust it that's yeah. it like if you if you have a good enough eye you'll just notice when you see a funny license plate and you'll just be like let me get a quick shot of that and then eventually you get a little database going of that. And John, that 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 was John's MO for years leading up to season one. And Archiving. So, and so we had a crazy archive and backlog yeah. in addition to like a newfound, you know, amount of people. Season two, now we just got people we, like the, the archive is huge. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's all like good camera quality shit now. Um, I, I want to shout out. um military rations guy um, oh my god i love him guy who just the eats expired military rations. Rations. So, so that's another example of it's that's not an organic find you know how i know you have to search yeah. well, you know you know how i know because they're not in new york right when they're shooting they're in a big house yeah and they're all southerners that mm. guy and his parents are southern as yeah. fuck that he found the youtuber i guarantee you like that's another Nathan yeah, like, thing. Nathan yeah, finds that, weird, obscure YouTubers. They found that other YouTube guy, um, a YouTuber later on in the season yeah, as well. You mean the I, Bang CEO? No, no. So I want to talk about that guy because you talk about how like they just finding real people and not characters. The exception to that is the Bang CEO, guy, which I did consider just like selling all he of my lives, shit like right near and us moving down yeah mo- just moving down to south beach so that i can just work for bang and go hang out yeah. this guy's bachelor or this oh, guy's absolutely. house and also yeah. th- like this is 
uh, out of even season one and season two put together, if you were trying to show someone this show and ease them into it, that's the episode because that's a splashy episode. Yeah. It has just like it epi- has the ni- the Nixon like uh, the Colt. Colt. Yeah, yeah, it has. Oh my god, very, yeah, I forgot that. that it was. has a very casual, and you think it's just sort of a digression, and it is when it comes up. It's just like, oh, by the way, I've always sort of felt out of place. For example, I did acapella I in college, acapella. and then this crazy shit happened, and then you go for five minutes into an insane little story, and you think, okay, that was a weird digression, but then he the the writing weaves the bang narrative into occultist language yeah in a very oh. in a very smart way man oh my in like God. a novelistic sort of way where like God, it, the show rocks it, so yeah hard. everything comes full circle in these episodes in in a way that isn't really obvious at first because this isn't like a fully written true narrative mm-hmm. so like it yeah, feels it's, it's like, more than anything it's just like a miracle of editing that this show exists yeah it's it, it it's entirely like it feels looser than than it should like it shouldn't be able to close so neatly every episode but the mm-hmm. strength of the writing and the amount of archival footage and the strength of john's voice by the way i can't take away anything from john he can't he has like he is the basis of the show yeah is his his voice his narrative voice i i found he did a uh he was asked to follow david byrne on tour and he did a short film that's with him. right yeah yeah i gotta check this and out. uh and it's, it's on re- Vimeo, right? Yeah, and it's really fucking weird. And it's not, it doesn't work a hundred percent. Um, but it's like it's very comedic and it's his voice. It's like it, it, it's a type of documentary that's for it's it's what you call lo-fi documentary filmmaking. Temporary color, right? Yeah. Where it's it's about him more than it's about what he's shooting. <laughs> and that's sort of what how to is. Where it's it's a it's not about him more so than it is the subjects, but like just like Nathan for you is backburner. Nathan for you is about how lonely the character Nathan is. Mm-hmm. This show is very overtly about John Wilson trying to learn about people because yeah. that's why in real life, that's why he has this obsessive compulsion to shoot people like this Yes, because he's fascinated by humans and yeah. he feels like an outsider. It's not, and not to say that Nathan is that there isn't a piece of, Nathan Fielder of like the actual person in his character Nathan for you but, but he this is feels yeah no that feels a lot more like a character than this does this feels like it is just kind of part of it is like more of just yeah, John because he's not he's not before he ever made this show he had hundreds thousands of hours of just people doing yeah, shit he like, had yeah he is an obsessive compulsive weird mind like which he's is how Nathan found him exactly which yeah. I'm pretty sure was on Vimeo he's he's a fascinating guy and uh I just like I feel lucky that this show was shepherded into production. I feel lucky we have HBO being able to produce so much content that they could find a slot yeah. for this. Because yeah. on if this if if this had to if everything HBO was making right now had to air on HBO, I don't think that they would yeah. be able to find time for this. But, but this does air on. No, HBO. I know, but that's <laughs> because nobody they, watches it that way. It's because they also make a lot of stuff that doesn't have to air there anymore. Yeah. So like they they they're putting money into a lot of different pots and this is the result of that. And also thank you to my dad, Nathan Fielder. I don't know if you guys noticed, uh I'm wearing a summit ice jacket right now because oh, hell yeah. because I respect this the brand. Do you think that well you're also not a denier yeah, of the you're greatest not. atrocity of human history? Six but million Jews said. Also, do you think that people just tuned in to HBO on a random like I got I want to say Saturday night? To see a, a man reverse circumcising himself? I can only hope so. 
I can only hope it. I can only hope that like some child flipped to HBO <laughs> at just the wrong moment when a parent walked in and they got in trouble for them thinking that they were watching like grotesque porn and instead it's just somebody trying to get uncircumcised. <laughs> Season that's, one. That's how two with John Wilson. Um, season one, very good as well. I, I will say, uh, really love how the season ends. It ends it, the Vegas. way it begins. The way it begins and it ends though with the old, with the landlord. Yeah, I want to adopt her to be my grandmother. She's I love beautiful. that oh, woman. This, I know this dude. Hey, also, mama. Hey, you, mama. also, you guys see her house in Vegas? She did good as a landlord in New York for several decades. I mean, well, just selling that place alone. Well, she's man. gonna run out of water within the next three years, but. <laughs> Just if That's, you if you sell any uh, house no, in well, New York. she looked like she was in a nice neighborhood, so she'll be fine. She can have like ten years pumping water from California. No, she'll have ten years. The poor people die out first. <laughs> yeah, El Mama will live on. <laughs> Mama, uh, how to is Drew's number two, and Hunter's number four, and my number six. Another full overlap here with the boys. We love it. We love fellas. It. We're about to get into one again. Number two. My number two is the White Lotus. That's it. I didn't have it on my list. We can talk about it. Whoa. Yeah. I I I had to yeah. I had to cut it. Yeah. Man. Loved it though. I I looking think forward to season two. This show is like, I think that there's an argument to be made that this is like the best show that was made this year. It's Mike def- White. It's, we love it. We he, did a deep dive. He slayed so hard. Yeah, we, we talked about it a lot already. This show owns so hard. It's it like aged gr- like really well in my head. Like there's a lot of shows like going into the back half of my list where I was just like, oh yeah, Mare came out this year. Like, oh yeah, Invincible. I never no. forgot about White the White Lotus. Lotus. Stick, the White Lotus sticky, has stayed man. in my head. You know what? Weirdly, that like the theme is stuck in my head like yeah yeah like that like just great, like great music great vibe great cast the cast is outrageously good um, so our our boy our guy murray bartlett absolutely he just got cast in something big didn't he yes is that what you're gonna say yes i mean i just wanted to talk about him in this show like he's fucking amazing but he is gonna be doing big things he just got put on a show with kumail uh, on Hulu, that yes, it's called Immigrant. I don't know what it is, but it's it's a big he, deal show. In mm. this show, he just like owns every fucking frame that he's on. Like yeah. it's holy it's shit. It's a really special type of star making performance where like he's like like if you're just looking at everyone on the show, he's like the sixth most obvious star. <laughs> you know, mm. because like the show's just full of like gorgeous people who you're like, wow, that's a movie star. And but when he's performing, you're like, wow. Yeah, like put this <laughs> man in fucking fuck? everything. This guy is he's he's funny. He's so sad. His character is so sad. It, it it's a really special type of performance, it's, but it's not it's, sad in like a dramatic. No, way. It, because it's it's more than anything. It's, it's just, ridiculous. It's, yeah, he's he's a silly character. It's yeah. it's a comedy. Yeah, I mean, this is a holy comedy, but it's just it's such like it's like this most well written web that I've seen in a comedy, and sometimes where every single character's action has a reaction towards some other character yeah. in this plot and yet like it just, doesn't get bogged down in plot at yes, the same time it's just but it's just something that will happen where it's just like uh you know like uh Marie, like he finds the bag of drugs and then that leads to the kids doing something else which leads to like it just kind of all is this interconnectivity but again like you said never gets bogged down it's just it's it's a special show, man. It's, it's a, just yeah, and the cast I can't say like enough. It's Steve Zahn, fucking Cindy Jennifer Sweeney. Coolidge, yeah, 
is is so fucking funny in this and always like she's always you know she's stifler's mom she's a legend um she rocks and then you get the teens um all all the all three of the lead teen performances are like stunningly good in my opinion like mm-hmm. like like the best teens i've seen all year yeah teens I mean, of the year it's teens of the year <laughs> the baby of the year um <laughs> oh wait am i jumping the gun um no i it's it, it more than anything aside from being like a com a genius comedy and being really well written going into the speaking to the writing itself like that like i've never seen a show that interrogates white privilege in such a in such a way that's effective but not preachy. There's nothing preachy ever about the show because you can tell like Mike White doesn't like have just pure disdain for these characters. Like there is he hates he hates a lot of things about them, but like he doesn't write the characters from a place of anger. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, yeah, it's not it's not even I don't know. It, I mean, in that way, it has a lot of obvious similarities to su- Succession, right? Because mm, yes, yeah, it's yeah. about it's about very privileged people who just doing suck, horrible things. But it's not it's not exclusively trying to make you hate them because you. It's hard to make a show like that if it's just trying to make you hate the people. And Succession, you can't help but care about all these awful fucking people on this show. Probably more so. There's a little bit more to grab onto with these characters. Um, succession we just have known them for well longer. also uh, the biggest difference is you know succession is a longer story yeah that, and you know this is just these what six episodes is it yeah i think it's six episodes. i think it's i think it's very short so it's, you it's know six. you know going into it it's it's this no. very limited and time. i it didn't get renewed immediately or anything either so well, like it kind of did feel like it's just a different yeah it's a different people. cast but i it really did feel there was there's a real point of finality in the last episode of this that yeah it's man it's just it's just cool as fuck mike white is a really uh he's got it he's a specific sort of writer he's good at he's good at writing in a pocket of heightenedness that is closer to reality than i'd say 97 percent of other writing like it's it's really really close but it has a lot of very very normal comedy elements to it like comedy that you would find anywhere else where like steve zahn is just like a very traditional cuck guy you know (laughs) it's a very normal cuck guy who finds out that like but he will fuck his wife yes and he you know but like you know the whole storyline of like him what is he trying to find out if he like his balls are swollen? Yeah, yeah he, he thinks they out, might have cancer because his dad like, died of AIDS. Yeah. Like it's all just like super that's all very traditional like cuck writing. But it's elevated because the way that these people like micro interact with each other is so specific and so close to how people act in real life. That's best represented by the way that Sydney Sweeney and her friend react yeah. uh to everything. The way the way that they treat uh Alexandra Daddario is really good writing yeah Ugh. the judgmental angle yeah. of the like the, like the yeah. lack of they don't say shit to her and it's like the meanest things you've ever like seen someone say yeah. to someone and they well, hardly it, are saying it, there's there's also this meta angle too of like daddario being like this older woman who's starting to like creep into that age where like hollywood kind of like mm-hmm. you know eats you up and spits you out and she's just like this like beautiful kind of woman that gets idolized by you know all these kinds of shows that cast her and then sydney sweeney coming into kind of that spot and the kind of like veneer that 
you know, mm-hmm. it happens the the judgmental like veneer of it all that happens there. Like that meta well, yeah. angle is and, there and, too. Well, and then also the, the <laughs> you can add to that with the fact that uh, Sydney Sweeney's friend is like you both, all of you suck. Like yeah. all of you were yeah. worse than me. And and she's like Brittany O'Grady. To fuck them all over, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the thing about this show is that like everybody's in this hotel, the White Lotus, but they're all split into these like sub plots where each plot has its own layer of like the high and the low, the upstairs and the downstairs, the yeah. wealthy and the non wealthy. And like each plot line has a dynamic where it's like, OK, this is the person that is ultra wealthy and this is the person that is not yeah and 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 he finds a really good way to play there and speaking toward you know we'll get into different another type of uh ending for like a pretty definitive arc of a season soon but this i really like the way that this season ends on a note that it doesn't close everything up neatly yeah it closes everything up but it's you don't you're not happy with everything man because that's not how shit goes yeah there's uh uh a satisfaction to it without like a full classic resolution yeah because you shouldn't be satisfied yeah. it's just like i was satisfied because that's what should have happened yes like, yeah it feels like, yeah. right but it doesn't make you happy yeah like like not everything can go into like you know like a fucking once upon a time in hollywood style like yeah but what if this happened instead of what should happen you know like <laughs> no this is just like yeah no everyone it's, it's you know, real life yeah at the, the end the of the day like move on yeah guess and, what like, the poor get fucked like that's yeah you know it that's sucks how it is um yeah. Speaking of the best villains of the year, Jake Lacey, my God, this, this, I just, the most punchable face that I've ever plop. seen in my entire life. I Good just, plop. I just want to like beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah. I said it when we talked about it. I'm glad he, like, this is what he should be doing. Yeah. Now. No, he's so good he at does this role. Rami. He's so fucking or good Rami. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's in there. Yeah. He, he plays that kind of guy and it's like, yes, Jake, don't think, don't think more of yourself. I think he, I think he also, I think he was in Fosse Verdon too doing like oh. basically the same thing he he yeah he figured it out um you're not right. you're not jim so yeah. that's the white lotus you can check out our full deep dive episode that we did on it it is hunter's number two and drew's number four your number two my number two is the beatles get back get back fucking love this show get back. it's weird to call it a show which is kind of what you were getting at hunter so you know? i I will just say right now, um, this is like my favorite piece of content from last year, like film, TV or anything like that. If we, if we were putting out this list, it'd be number one by a mile. Yeah. I think that like this is a miracle. It of, was it was number one of historical document until something else came along. But this is it's tough to like categorize it because it almost it's not really a show or a movie. It is a time machine. Yeah. Where you just get to like be in the studio with the Beatles as they're making their final album or one of their final items because they would go on to make Abbey Road after this. But this didn't get it released until after that. As a Beatles fan, this is essential viewing. Like if you still haven't seen this and you like the Beatles, what are you doing? It's on Disney Plus right now. It is kind of like a big ask a little bit because it's in totality. It is like eight and a half hours of yeah. just like hanging out it's only an it's an ask 
for I'd say particularly if you're not really into the Beatles. Yeah. I I like I mean I don't see why you would even enjoy it. If that well the, yeah that's what I'm saying. It yeah. that it like it really comes contingent with like other interests. And that's kind of why it's lower on my list because I like for my interests I can see where it's at, but like you have to already like the Beatles because it is a lot of shit. Yeah. I but to that point like I think that's one of the things that is genius about it is that Peter Jackson isn't really interested in no, like making. That, that, he's not. He's not interested in making a thing that's just going to be like, "Hey, kids, gather around. Let's this learn about the. Beatles. Let's let's spend a nice, clean two hours, and this will get you no, really into this. So this that, young whippersnapper band called the Beatles. <laughs> I like that. This is so niche. That's one of the things that I love the most about this. Is just like this has an audience and you're either part of that audience and you're not. If you are part of the audience, then you're going to ingest this and this will be your favorite thing in no, the world. This, this is a great point. Like I, I probably shouldn't penalize it for that. And I'm not penalizing it for that so much as I am just uh, like feeling alone. Like how I, you know, like I just, I liked a lot of shit that came out this year a lot, but um, that's, that's a great point. The, the catch up that he does in the very beginning of this yeah. is the, <laughs> perfect amount of ketchup yeah. for the Beatles. It's, it's like, just like 20 minutes. Yeah, because he's like, and that's like, that's by the way, 20 minutes of like prelog for anything else is like a lot. Yeah. Like it's, that's what's their entire career. Yeah, it's giving, but this, it's giving this you a is ton like, of info. You're still just like, we like, we missed it because the Beatles did so much in such a short amount of time. Exactly. It's insane. And, and you're right that that is the right move to make because He's not trying to mask what he's got here. He's like, hey, I found a treasure chest. It, it is a treasure. It is a miracle. Yeah, that's what it is. Like this thing blew my mind because like when I was in the seventh grade, I became obsessed with the Beatles. Listen to every album, did every class project I could on mm-hmm. them. Like I was so, so fucking in the bag for the Beatles. I wish I could sp- spend the rest of my life reading every book that's ever been written about them. And yet this show gives me so much more insight than I could have ever hoped from any book, from anything about them, from any, it, it, I just feel like I was there. Like, holy shit. I feel like I was in the room with them. It is unbelievable. It's, it's it's just like it's fuck. It breaks my brain to see Paul McCartney fuck around on the guitar. How I fuck around on the guitar. Yeah. Well, and that's then just pull get back out of the fucking ether. That's actually one of my one of the best things about this is that it would be way different if it were a band like. I don't know, like Metallica or something. The <laughs> Beatles aren't that good at instruments. They're not really that good at that. They're just good at making music. They're just like, they just have it's not that like special not, trait of, it's they're not the doing best things songwriters. physically that yeah. you couldn't do. They just feel it. Yeah, it's like, just, it's we could all like, right. that's, that's we what's so good about. We could play those notes. We just can't think of it. But you know? it's so fun. Like, just to also just like, bro out with the Beatles like yeah. that the best part about this is when they're just funny. like they're it's just like, like yeah like I wish I could just do what Clapton does like just talking about like how there's other like more talented Ringo Starr like, has like a total of four lines of dialogue in this entire thing dude Ringo is just Ringo might be like the biggest winner from this whole thing because everything that people like have always said about Ringo like oh man Ringo was just a chiller he just was down for whatever yeah that like, was just guess what, all bitch? affirmed yeah. like that he's and just that's cool the coolest guy yeah. and just everybody just went guess what even after the Beatles broke up 
Ringo, like he played some drums on John's yeah. songs. He played some drums on Paul's songs. Like he, he still was just so like friends. With that. He's just cool. Ringo, he's just yeah. straight vibing. It's, yeah, he's a vibes guy. And a band needs a vibes he's, guy. Honestly, he's the best. Yeah, he's the best Especially thing. Especially the have fucking for Beatles. Yeah. Like, these, like John and Paul are all personality. Guys. Dude, like, oh I, my God. Guys, we need to acknowledge the fact George Harrison was 25 during the Let It Be recordings. Insane. He was 25. Insane. Yeah. We're all older than that, and that makes me want to die. I he know. was 25 when the Beatles well, broke up. All of these guys, all of these guys look like they're me? 40 years old in this. They've been fucking, through well, so they many lifetimes the fucking, of yeah, shit, too. It's insane. Like, that's the whole thing about drugs. the Beatles is... Like just that Fuck. people in our younger generation probably don't think about it. You probably think of them like people like ACDC or like Metallica where it's like, oh, they span the course of like 20, 30 years or like the Rolling Stones no. been around for 40 years. No, they did everything in less than a decade. Mm-hmm. All the Beatles albums. All of it. That's insane. Like, that's fucking nutso. Are you kidding me? That's, it, yeah, it's that it's, will age it's you. That will, it's and it's no not, wonder that they, it's not about like it's oh, it's too bad the Beatles broke up. It's it's good. No wonder that they didn't break up sooner, to be yeah, honest. Uh, well, especially with how yeah, prolific they were. Like you can it, it it feels at times in this like you're watching a family interact yeah. more mm-hmm. than it does friends because Brothers. that's yeah, that's what they are. Like they they grew up together, it, like, especially it, George. Like if if John, for example, had the chance to be anywhere, then he would probably just be out with Yoko somewhere. He do, it's not like he yeah. just he just like needs to hang out with like fucking Ringo. You know what I mean? They're not like best friends on earth. They're just they're they're family. Well, that's that's the thing about this era is you always read about this era. You know, the rooftop concert on top of Apple Studios. Yeah. Like, and how they're you, like, you, you know, know, obviously we see this in the third episode here, but you know, and it's, it's amazing, but like all of the lead up to it, to that concert was never contextualized in the way that it is here where like that is the final public show that they ever did the final public appearance, everything like it is that show. And it's obviously this incredible, you know, kind of encapsulation, but to see it in the context of this show, and to see Paul McCartney's face when he knows that they are playing the take that is going to end up on the final record and you see it on his face because of the entire everything that you've been watching leading up to it. It's unlike anything else. It, it is it is indescribable how good it hits because like these guys, they all knew this was it. Mm-hmm. They all knew this was mm-hmm. it you can feel it watching it yeah you're like these guys are it, diverging and, you know, paul, and it, paul he was the one it's him he wanted the cameras there yeah nobody else well because paul was always the one who's just like thinking about like movies and thinking about paul was always the one who had the big corporate brain who's just yeah. like what if we're more than a band what yeah. if like paul is the reason why they became even more of a sensation why the Beatles have lasted frankly he's sort of he's sort of the Pete Wentz of the Beatles yeah um, he has the, he has the it, vision but to your point Ernest I kept getting especially as this show was going on or whatever the fuck you want to call it um I just kept getting uh like flashbacks to watching the last dance last year because it feels yeah. very similar yeah. just like it's one last time that oh, they yeah, they all yeah. know like this is the end. Like we aren't coming back. Some whether it's we each want to go our own way. We each want to like flex our creative bones. We want to get paid. We, the actual management team. There's people who are saying, who are whispering in our ear, saying you're better than your bandmates. You need to split up. Which 
man. Um, but like it, it just kept making me think about that whole so Paul idea. Paul is the just Michael this- Jordan of rock. Is well, no, you can't <laughs> stop this. You can't do that. I don't, I don't know about that. But what's so what, what wing, what's the fucking wings is, the guy's is when Jordan was on the Wizards. That's no, 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 no. So George <laughs> hey. George is is um I guess Well uh well uh, I don't Well no John would be Scottie Pippen. So George Yeah, but, but would John be- is just not you can't say that, you know? <laughs> yeah, well cuz John like you I don't know think incredible you're allowed to say that. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you can say It's like that. it's like Stockton and Malone. Like it's you know what I mean? Like they can't well, exist so with Ringo that, is Dennis Rodman. They need just going each other. Off. Like it it's it's a cohabitation more than uh, it is like a star in like a satellite, you know? But no, but yeah. that's part of the text here. Like there's that whole like hidden microphone in the flower pot moment where it's like John and and Paul having a very honest conversation about like about the, George, about, yeah, about George just, and how it's it's always the Paul and George show. And George is like this incredibly. Yeah, the Paul talent- and John. yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Paul, Paul and John, John show. And then George is this incredibly talented musician who never gets a say yeah. in the fun because well, it makes product. it because he was the little brother he was always the youngest one so they were just like you are good at playing guitar you just sit here you play the notes that we tell you to play and you shut up and it worked fine when he was 18 and they were like older and they were going around tour and becoming larger in life but at this point he is like He's been through it all. He wants to actually start writing his yeah. own stuff. He wrote while my guitar gently weeps. Ugh. Like he's just like I'm ready Something, to. I'm ready one of the to best do it. Yeah. Ones. He. I'm I mean. He, and then he, his solo work is unreal too. Yeah. Like he really went on. Like you could. There's an argument that is better than what McCartney did post. I don't. I don't agree with that. But well, nobody's nobody's post Beatles work was better. Oh, that's the well, thing. No, that, like yeah. once they started doing their they, own thing, it was never. Paul really has some banger songs in there, but so does John. So does George. Like they all have like some. Ringo songs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Does do Ringo that. did Ringo ever release Ringo music? I, I believe sure, yeah. so. He's he it's kind of that. it feels like a novelty. I mean, act. but he does again, like he would play drums Dude, when you, with them. When you see him when you see up. him do Octopus's Garden uh <laughs> in this in this episode or in this show, it's fucking amazing. I just I love it more than anything. I mean, all three of us we're in bands in high school and everything else like that. We all play instruments and more than anything, it just like, it made me miss that feeling that like camaraderie that you get when you're just like sitting there, like grooving together on a little beat. And then you like start to kind of find something you're playing around, but it's the best version of that. Cause it's like them figuring out how to play, get back. Well, that is like, it's better than you could possibly imagine, but it does. It captures that feeling. And I don't know if that's even I it seems like it is because of how warmly this has been received. But if that's even something that people, non-musicians can kind of cling on to those moments. No, in exactly at a, at a the certain same point, way. the magic comes from like knowing what it's like to pick up an instrument and just fuck, fuck around, around on and it. then try and find try to find magic, try to find a, just a tiniest hint of magic. By by the way, Ringo Starr did put out an album in 1973 called Ringo. And those are all of his most played songs on Spotify. Um, But he also did put out an album in 2019 called What's My Name? (laughs) It's Ringo. What's my name? You answered it with the first album. (laughs) (laughs) Is it so like if you see it in like chronological order, it says, what's my name? Ringo. Say my name. (laughs) He also had an album in 2017 called Give More Love. So, 
Wow. He's still out so there. So we ready man. to do a Ringo? I mean, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah. Still if, it. if there's ever like, you know, like a tribute concert to literally anyone, he's so available. It's yeah. not even funny. It could be, I, fuck, it could be like an Elvis tribute God, concert. He I just shows up. I, Ernest, I'm eternally going to be grateful that you got to see Paul McCartney live. And that's oh, just something incredible. that I just, I just want. That's the top of my bucket list just to be able to see, even at this age, it's never, nothing will ever come close to actually of seeing the Beatles yeah. back then. But like, he also, in, in this, he does come across as really cool. Yeah. Like, Paul, like a bit of an ass. He's, he's, but like, he comes across I as a real wanna, ass, like, charismatic celebrity. He seems cool guy. to hang out with. I wouldn't know if I could, like, handle being his friend all the time well, and he, spending all the time like with I him said, because he's, he's so tight. Well, he's, he's got, the he's also, he's the one that he's driving. He's yeah. got all the energy. That's what there. I'm saying. He is making this entire thing happen. Like, this, we would not have seen this footage. If it wasn't for Paul McCartney, because I, nobody else wanted the cameras to go further, there. I don't think that Let It Be would have gotten made if it wasn't for Paul McCartney. I feel like they might have just been like, fuck it and just like kind of dropped it. Yeah, man. I do like, though, that and people have talked about it, too, that just like even the whole big thing where George walks away from the band at the end of part one. um, he says like see you at the clubs and everything else yeah. like that like that they're just like they're tired of being with each other but like they still just like go out and like go see live music together in london just like yeah. oh yeah I'll, I'll see you around i guess like well they're, yeah they're brothers of yeah course it's it's just it's, it's yeah it's like it is with your family when you're when you're like a kid you're like wow this is everything like yeah. you are you're the person i'm around all the time and then you grow up you're like yeah no i'll see you every now and then it just like it uh it Man, it, it's love. It really is something like that made me just nostalgic for a time that I will never ever I know. know. But it is, it is, yeah. It's just cool as shit. I, I think my favorite thing about it was that it didn't really drastically change any of the notions I had about these guys. Well, that's that's something else I wanted to bring up. There's this whole narrative that's been happening over you know the last five decades since this actually went down that Yoko Ono oh, broke up the Beatles. Well, that, yeah, that's that's the, that's the best, uh, and that's not what happened. No, that's yeah, the best album because that's a sexist narrative anyway. Like that's just like clat. Oh, you're fucking girl. Anybody who still it. believes that, like that's just yeah, it's just, just flat she out. She was there. Like it's and not she's, like she's and there and she's just chilling. Here's the thing: is that she's also like. It this the, get back doesn't really get into it because it is more fly on the wall type approach to everything. But if you do some more research, Yoko is the reason why John is like clinging to reality. John at this point was like doing heroin, and Yoko might was, was probably she was doing that. it as well. But like she was keeping him like able to actually go to these appointments or anything like that. Otherwise, if she did not, if you would be in bed all day. Yeah, exactly. He probably would have died. He would have just killed himself with drugs. I mean, that's, that's the other thing is like, you know, just because she's not the direct cause of the Beatles breaking up, doesn't mean that he wasn't, that she wasn't a negative influence on John. Like, that's the thing is like her being four inches from him at every second of this, of these sessions. That's not, a positive relationship. Yeah, no, <laughs> oh, no, it's a, very, it's very, that's not a healthy situation 100%. for these people to be in, but it doesn't mean that is like a direct cause. The other thing I wanted to bring up is, and I, I brought this up to you uh, during your new year's party, Hunter, but the, uh, the Peter Jackson appearance on Mark Maron's podcast, mm. that is like perfect complimentary material to this documentary because Peter Jackson talks about, all of the apprehension that he had going into this project, how he even found the project uh, because Peter Jackson is now just an archivist 
by trade. Yeah. He's like just not a filmmaker. Yeah. He just all he does is just archive like lost, dirty old film that's just been sitting on a shelf for like fucking five decades. Uh, more so in the case of the they should not grow old. But he talks about like how he showed the first round of footage to Paul McCartney and how scared he was to see his reaction because of the conversation around this era mm-hmm. of the Beatles, because Paul McCartney's own memory had been tainted by this notion of them like bitterly breaking up and fighting and screaming and cursing at each other. And the reality of this thing, you know, I mean, this is like 40 to 50 to maybe 60 hours worth of footage condensed down to about eight and a half. It's not. Yeah. Screaming. There is nearly no. as much animosity as their love and, and yeah. hanging out. I a hundred percent. I mean, that is one of the best things that was history was rewritten was kind of clarifying that that it wasn't nearly as dramatized as well, we had a version led to believe. of this was released back yes then. that was that you just, can't see now it's very it's like impossible to yeah. see nowadays i think that i actually have the dvd of oh, it that dude. i like inherited Let's from go. my aunt. my aunt was a um rest in peace aunt karen like was a super fan of the beatles it was on the beatles fan club Yo. where like you got sent like she has like a signed thing from the beatles that she like uh passed on me that got handed out to or shipped everyone the beatles fan club when that was a thing um couple other notes about get back that i want to talk about billy preston my god that guy is just fucking incredible just like the the keyboard guy yes so a breath of fresh air into like the beatles and everything i always just assumed when i listened to to let it be that that was just paul playing the keyboard and then i watched and then i watched this and i'm like oh wait that was fucking billy preston on the keys like holy shit blew my mind yeah i he's so good i know like even if you do more research and stuff like that on your own like there was kind of discussion if the band was in a better place they probably would have done it but about like should we make billy preston like the fifth beetle yeah i mean he kind of for an album at least um yeah just just man i just so i'm just so happy that this is just out there in the world it's on disney plus it's the beatles get back it's my number two it's drew's number eight if we were including this, it would probably be it's like my favorite thing that exists. We're at number Incredible. one, boys. Oh wait, before Drew, before you give your number one, I have big news, guys. What? It's after ten o'clock. So you can drink if you want. And we can <laughs> say whatever, whatever the hell we want. <laughs> my is this number both one of your number is, I think ones? NCIS Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> it's my yeah. Let's go, honey. Right, let's go, baby. I think this you is leave. So this is not on your list. I I had I are knew, you not true to yourself right now? You're like, oh, I have to put in uh, hacks. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna throw shade at Gene Smart oh, like that. Oh, we couldn't get back. <laughs> I knew you guys were gonna have it on. I needed to make room for other things. Gosh. Um. All right, dude. The show is like the best. I it, have just, a wife. <laughs> History will smile upon us. <laughs> I think that this and she doesn't live in a hotel. My his wife doesn't. Live I don't, there. and I don't live in a hotel. <laughs> My friend doesn't live in a hotel. Um, this is like I, I just I, I talked about it earlier today about like it's really special when a show can just like it's new and it already is comfort viewing for me. And this has just been a continuous loop in my house since it premiered several months ago. Like I just. 
I cannot get enough. I now have like an entirely new set of favorite sketches that were different from my favorite sketches the first time. And that's from kind of, when we did the yeah, sketch that's draft, the perfect yeah. thing about this show is that there's just like there's not a single miss. I think that the hit rate is a thousand in this entire series, this especially this season. Yeah, it's perfect. Sketch comedy has always been very, very important to me, like like on like an obsessive level since I was you know probably like 10 or 11 um like something i was like uncomfortably obsessed with and this is the first show that i think you could say that for that i've seen the thing is it doesn't like that's not true of everyone's experience with the show at all there are plenty of people who like almost none of it hits or maybe like one or two sketches an episode they're like oh yeah that was funny but then well that's how i felt with season one kind of but Mm -hmm. i think season two is so good that you can't it's tough to make that argument if you are already in that realm of like appreciating sketch comedy. It's it's not all and it's not always because I don't know. It's, it's a hard thing to judge sketch comedy because um, or some organizations have effectively gamified it like UCB. They teach you how to write a sketch that will work for mm-hmm. most people. Like it's not a question. Um, they teach you how to heighten how to use beat structure, stuff like that. This show has that in it but it's so beyond that yeah especially in season two it really exits the realm of traditional structure in a lot of ways that make it hard to judge because they're like in a literal way they can't work for most people because they're we already know what works for most people it's not this but it works so much better than that shit does for for a lot of other people and i'm i I just feel like lucky to be a person that this show works on because it's it's unlike any show I've ever seen. The humor of it is of one mind, and yet it's made by a team that is able to be of that one. Yeah, mind. that's just one hive mind together. I mean, to your point, that it does have like the bones of a <laughs> of a classic sketch show in it, but it just has these things that were not only is like the humor that's going for pre niche, but and we talked about this whenever we did our whole episode. On, I think you should leave. So I don't want to belabor the point, but. The ability to know when to end a sketch is like an art form. It's or an art form that has been going. Oh, yes, it's and it's an art form that has been lost on Saturday Night Live for the last like almost decade at this point is a sketch will be really good, but it does go on for like 45 seconds too long <laughs> or it cuts off right whenever you like really want things to get going and like you're really exploring something like that. This show will just end at just the perfect moment or there will be an entire sketch and I'm thinking specifically of the professor sketch. <laughs> just that. they write an entire sketch just I'm for so just for the joke of every night my wife has a little boy go down on her. <laughs> like that is the entire purpose of that sketch. And then it cuts like just like that. They write this whole thing just because they come up with one idea and then right out from there. And it's just the funniest shit that I've ever seen. We keep off mic, keep joking just about the dice. See, just the dice moment. Dice in just his pocket. A moment that is just, it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. It's <laughs> the opposite of what you just said. It's, 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 it's a line that like, I don't know why or how it was thrown in there. It doesn't make any sense. I think he has dice in his pocket. It, it kind of plays with the vibe of the hat a little bit. You know, it's like, oh, I guess a guy with that hat would also have dice, but not really. It's just weird. <laughs> it's just a weird little detail 
that like no one would ever think to include in a sketch because sketches are economical. They're short. You don't have that much time and they take the time to put in lines or little character details that you would never, ever think to see. Um, It's really special because of that. I don't know. It just it 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 makes me it it tingles my my uh, my funny bone in a way that just not a lot of shit does. It's hard to make me react strongly to things now, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't I don't say that as like a point of pride i hate it when people do that when they're like yeah uh, yeah i'm like just yeah pete, desensitized pete holmes there. has a really good joke about that people who are like yeah it's hard to make me laugh yeah i'm a tough laugh like we'll work on it <laughs> <laughs> like do better then that's your that's a problem um but this show just like it's just unbridled joy that i feel watching it sketches a lot this is gonna sound so annoy- annoying but like more so than like any other TV or movies, it's a lot like an album. It's a lot like music mm-hmm. because it's broken up into song length, you know, style little bits. And it really goes from one to the other, you know, uh, one sketch, two minutes after a sketch that you're really loving, you could be in the dead middle of a sketch that you're not feeling at all. Yep. Like it, it varies so strongly from moment to moment compared to like an episode of, you know, succession or something that flows like that. So to hit, your own individual vibe the way this show does is the way to get around that because if you like the way that he talks and writes it doesn't matter if the sketch is bad you're gonna like it because you like the whole deal yes you know it doesn't depend on like specific good writing in every sketch you're you're 100 percent right and like i've I've tried to show me and Gaia both tried to show this show to like several people who are just like not no, into sometimes it. it's not like happen, it's just bro. like and that's fine it's dead silence like whenever I'm putting on this show and I'm just like losing my mind because I'm like this is the funniest thing she accidentally got sewed to the Charlie bound float how is the <laughs> this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life what Did are you, you, you? you? <laughs> it's just tables yeah it yeah it also has you know it also introduces the world to someone like patty harrison who i'd love so much and she was in a movie uh with ed helms that really flew yes, under the radar yeah I, I still haven't seen it she's she's in the show uh shrill on hulu as well oh yeah the uh the, 80 prime so there's a couple things i wanted to say about this show first of all as you've probably noticed from like this year of podcasting it is insanely quotable like just infectiously quotable yeah like, i don't know this this podcast might just be unlistenable at this point if you haven't watched i think you should leave or if you like use twitter like we do and you're like yeah, yeah i heard that well, i know you, the line you bro, are shut allowed up. to hit you are allowed <laughs> at to hit. that at, it's, at that rate you can't hit you can't you just like can't stop yourself from doing it like, just, it's, it's impossible it's, it's infected my brain I, in a I way have, like that's the thing that that's why i'm like this i was wondering i was like should i get cute here and like put something else at number one it's like no no show is like infected my right. dna in the same way that i think you should and, leave and has. tv used to do that like think about spongebob right like a show like yeah. spongebob that like lives on yeah in the culture because of how infectious it is like what other shows can you name that have this same effect it it's a very short yeah, list where there's there's a a pretty significant pocket of people and it is like uh, pretty isolated like it's a it's it's a smaller group relatively but that group of people knows every line of the show yeah like 
And it's not just like a tiny group of crazy stands. It's like they're just people where they they watch a show. They're like, oh, I need to watch that again right now. Like, I have to watch that again. Yeah. That I watched season one. I was like, I'm going to have to watch this again right now. Yeah, big yeah. cut of rare meat with water poured all over. <laughs> It's really, yeah. really good because it, yeah, because it's, well, it's like, again, that's another music parallel thing where sometimes you hear an album for the first time. You're like, it, it I think it's the individuality of it where you're like, this is coming from a person yeah. that like, I need to understand, <laughs> like, I need to get this, like, what is going on with this person's <laughs> brain, dude? Um, it, it's yeah. And it, on top of that, the fact that in real life, he's like, He's kind of quieter and he's just like a silly cool guy. He skates. He's a dad. Like, wait, Tim's a dad? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. He's like older, right? He's well, like, he used to be a piece 40. of shit. But yeah, not anymore. But he's, he's um, ready to hold the baby now. I will say, Ernest, Glass to house. what you were saying about season one, I'm telling you, go back and watch. Season one is fucking incredible. Season one, is, season two does go up a notch, but season one is like almost just as perfect. Also, well, it's like, yeah, Tuggers, yeah. Well, not even, no, no, no. Not talking about like the big headliner sketches and stuff like that. Like, I think that because I watched season two so much, I also just started from the beginning and started watching through all of it. And it's even well, the entire series incredible. is like what? Three hours total. I want to say. Yeah, like I mean, the around. episodes are like 20 minutes. So yeah. here's, minutes. here's another thing that I, I really think is true is season. If if season two had been season one, I would I don't think it would have hit nearly as hard. I don't think as many people would like it. I wouldn't like it quite as much because season two, the reason that you're willing to go that crazy is because he's walked you there with season one. Like, yes, you know what I mean? Season, yeah. Because season Thanks. two, there are certain sketches where like. It's it's a lot more likely to lose people than season one. There's there's less structure. Mm-hmm. There's less. Uh, he's going crazier with his performances in ways that are like not accessible. <laughs> um, and the only reason like he's building because that's what you know, that's what good shows do. They make the leap where it's like, OK, now people get the thing of season one. So let's like go bigger. Yeah. You know, he, he made the leap in a way that I don't I don't know. Certain sketches in season two are like in a vacuum they're too crazy <laughs> but like because you know him and you know what he's yeah. you know going for you well, just did you think that like the dog didn't recognize you because of <laughs> he's just a different guy yeah i it's it's just man the show's just special like i <laughs> there's just things that i just think about every day like i you know triples of the nova <laughs> triples of the nova i now myself just start laughing for 10 minutes a day just so whenever i die it'll look like i was a, had a happy life <laughs> yeah the claire sketch underrated one. Oh boy all right that's i think you should leave it's hunter andrew's number one holy number shit one. so well deserved um let's get to my number one it's station 11 this was so this was my number three it could really i could have put it in number one um and I wouldn't have been too upset with myself. I I know the general premise, but I I just it's bad job by me. Poor poor time management. Um, I watched everything this year. I I really don't understand. I how um, in, yeah. So. I just I'm sorry. I was just too busy. Did uh, you even watch? F-Boy I was too Island? busy. I was too busy listening to the Armed uh, now to <laughs> to watch this. Last so week. like I like I said before, <laughs> I watched an absolutely disgusting amount of television this year. More than thirty shows. And this show came out within the last month and it literally wrapped up last night as of this recording. This and show smacks you in the fucking face. It is with how of, good it is. One of the most incredible things it, um, I've ever seen in my whole life. I watched the pilot 
one night and then the next night i watched every other episode yeah <laughs> i watched it until probably six or seven a.m and and i it's don't unreal. have a good attention span it <laughs> like i couldn't stop watching it. it is something else it is out of this world it it is of this world too just because it is if you don't know the premise it is about a flu pandemic uh in this show it is much worse than our current pandemic uh, it wipes out more than 90% yeah. of those infected. It, it, it wipes out. Uh, it was one in a thousand survival rate. Yeah. Um, like Absolutely. It, it kills. This shit kills everyone. It spreads like wildfire. It kills everyone within the span of like a few days. Too. Yeah. Like it's like really it's quick. Over. Yeah. Which and- I fucking wish, dude. Like, <laughs> fuck. This shit. Is- we wouldn't be on calendar year three if it was actually a more effective virus. <laughs> this shit is dragging out. Um, This show like i i said on on the episode we did you know with you me and lee like the pilot i just seen the pilot at that point incredible it's it's probably a perfect pilot and then the rest of the show is drastically different and i was really scared of that like like just speaking toward like where we are at in the plot it's drastically different not tone wise necessarily but i was like i don't know if i want to be dropped into a new world they did such a good job of showing me this one and they just keep doing yeah. that. So like, it, it has this dual timeline to it where it kind of jumps around between like 20 years after the pandemic and like when around the time when the pandemic is like, yeah, actually breaking out. Uh, and that's tough. That's and, that's really tough. And also, like you, you said, the other episode much like leftovers it'll just give you one character in an episode yeah and those episodes are the best ones much like the leftovers where you're so, you're getting a character that one of them it's it's a character that you see for like 30 seconds in the pilot and then it turns out that this is one of the most yeah. important characters <laughs> in the show and she gets an episode and it's one of my favorite episodes of tv in the last five years on isn't it fucking real like the 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 economy that this show employs of making you care so deeply about these characters that you've only known for like maybe 30 to 40 minutes tops. So this to me is fucking unreal. I, and I I don't want to circle back too much, but this to me is like the writing, like what I would call elevated pathos compared to something like midnight mass, for example, because in midnight mass, a lot of the time it felt to me like he was kind of dumping all of a character's pathos into a five minute thing. So it's like, okay, now you're going to care about them so I can move on, you know? Right. This show will take a lot of time to be like, to make you care a lot about someone. And, and it makes you to the point where it like makes you angry that it's making you wait because it withholds you're oh, dude, literally yeah. <laughs> you're literally sitting there like okay i cared so much about this character that i now did not see at all in this episode that i just watched yeah when are they going to come back and it's a it, sometimes it's a while yeah and it it like deliberately withholds that from you and it makes you wait this is the kind of show that forces you to be patient and then rewards the hell out of you i know there is a moment in the final episode that made me ugly sob man like, i was i was like I'm, I'm i feel like crying right now man like i i know dude me too i'm it's, like it's, about to- i don't and i don't want to like oversell this but, and because maybe it was just that night or whatever but like i it the, is unreal two different episodes of this made me cry and i first of all that's never happened 
where like usually it's just like oh one episode of a show will just hit me on a, on a special yeah like moment but like this show really yeah. is good at hitting you it doesn't feel cheap even though it could it could feel it could feel unearned and it could feel too corny and it doesn't man i i it fucked me up you know how much it was able to affect me when i was like trying to be like yeah this is a great show like yeah. I'm watching a good show and then you know i'm like fuck man i care a lot about it's these. it's it's unbelievable like this is this is what i want from tv it has like, one of the best by the way one of the best child performances i've ever seen in my life um yeah, young the, kirsten yeah young kirsten is because mackenzie davis in this show stan mm, yeah she also like she uh in my eyes this like one-ups her level where like i already loved her we've seen we talked about so many projects with her and this i was like oh like you were uh well, this character is so much Great different one. than uh, Halt and Catch Fire because in Halt, she's like this like know-it-all, like hot shot. In this, she is like this. It's almost like she is like this constant heartwarming, like kind of calming presence a little bit because a lot of the characters in this show are in distress. And she seems to be this kind of person that like allows them to settle into this world because that's the thing is like this show is about a world that has ended and that's the tough ask to get into it and that's something that a lot i've seen a lot of chatter online about how tough it is to get into a show about a pandemic during a pandemic and i know that that's hard but here's the thing we have seen so many shows about the end of the world we have seen so many things about the end of the world you know, like we we've talked about fucking contagion. We've talked about all these things that like people return to mm. during this time of like, you know, pandemic crisis. And the thing is, is that, you know, to to shout out uh, a show on my long list, uh, why the last man mm. down at number 26, uh, a show that is directly about. A, uh, it is an adaptation of a comic book about the end of the world is the kind of show that really pulls from the walking dead school of post-apocalyptic storytelling where it just like shows you front and center the violence and the destruction and the special thing about station 11 is that it is not about that no it is no. about the people it is about what happens after that yeah and also like that plays into it but it's it's not in a sense of like wanting to display it to you. It's not wanting to to show you for well, the purpose. It deliberately cuts away from it's, it. And it's yeah, when it's also it's always really important to the plot whenever any type of conflict like that arises. It's always like the you know, it's always a real turning point for the episode or the show. Um it's not just for the sake of doing it because that is an easy route. Like you could just like that is a cinematic interesting thing that happens in these worlds. But this show wants to tell you about the people. It's based on a book that, you know, I'm sure informs that yeah, 2014. Like, um, so prescient. It's so crazy. Well, this and what's what's really crazy and prescient is in the show, there's a book that someone wrote that's about feeling isolated and alone that is prescient to the people in the show it's called Station because 11. it was written right before the pandemic happened in the show. So I want wow. isn't, isn't that fucked up. I want to I want to talk how about did, this. How <laughs> that that alone is unbelievable. Yeah, like that so, is mind breaking. So but weird. I wanted to I wanted to shout out Lee because I watched every episode with her and it's interesting with like the way the show jumps around in time, Lee like skipped a couple episodes at the beginning 
and then like watch like the middle of the season and then rewatch the beginning. But because the timeline is so out of order, it like didn't matter at all. Mm. So she watched like episode one and then three and four and then went back to two. I That's think crazy. But like because insane. it's just like out of order with the chronology, it just like she just got a different experience out of it that was just, you know, her own. But she brought this thing up that I really wanted to shout out because I did not think of this and I wanted to give her props. The comic book Station Eleven, it and in retrospect, this is so obvious. It's like a haunted piece. It has like it like infects the people that it touches yeah no it's, and it it's, leaves behind this like destruction that everybody who reads it everybody who touches it like shit goes down yeah man it's haunted it, it becomes the only thing you can care about it's yeah that yeah. it um yeah it becomes like a point of obsession uh well, well to link back to our discussion about midnight mass it's like it's not the actual book like the book itself is not evil mm-hmm it's what people do with the words yeah. in the book. It's how people use the text well, to manipulate and control. And this, I mean, this is where we get into like tonal overlap with the leftovers, for example, oh. because this show, especially toward the end, gets My very nipples just got hard. It's, it's, it's very biblical, like the leftovers. Yeah. You know, there's just well, the lo- power of belief, right? Yeah. And there's the a lot of religious imagery, a yeah. lot of, um, you know, especially there are a lot of similarities to like how they predict um, religion and worship would go after an apocalyptic event yeah. there because that is likely what would happen. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm glad you brought up leftovers because Patrick Somerville, who created the show, was on the writing staff for leftovers. Yeah. Under Lindelof. Um, he also worked on Maniac, which I also really liked. Um, he just knocked it out of the park with this show. And there's a lot of connective tissue here. You know, Leftovers deals with these themes of like collective trauma and loss and grief. Yes. And that's what this show is. So a difference is that this show, I think, is it's it's not like it's not giving you everything. But I think this show is more interested in giving you like answers than the leftovers is it's not give it's not just well, like but it doesn't explain no it's not virus. telling you the answer but it's letting you feel like you got an answer to like to what the question of the show is which well is the like, answers are all character based i know but it's all it's just, not about the world i know but the leftovers is like Dame, damon lindelof likes just provoking right the he's, mystery box he's, yeah because yeah, he comes from he's AJ. A, exactly he's yeah. a big provocateur and he's he's all right with ending without overturning every rock and so is this show to an extent but this show is willing to give you more a little more and i think it ends in, a, in an area that i really like most of the it's time it's so perfect but oh my god it also gives you uh moments of absurdity or just pure imagery that and comedy that are it's yeah, funny that's the thing because a lot of a lot of this show especially in the toward the end of it um could be very easily seen as pretentious and annoying like easily um i can see it like that surface level but uh it it it's not about that like it it doesn't what well, is it is kind of about that and that's the other thing i wanted to say that the the one of the biggest things about this show is that it's about art which like that's fucking pretentious as fuck to for a piece of art to be about art but when the world ends when everything is gone, 
art is what remains. Like that's the truth of it. And that's what this show grapples mm-hmm. with. When everything ends, jobs won't matter. Money won't matter. Commerce will be a thing of the past. People will try to bring it back. And that's something that the show kind of touches on too. not commerce specifically, but just like the before as it's called mm. art will prevail. Yeah. The, the, the need for humans to tell stories and connect with each other through stories is what carries forward. Even if everything else falls no. apart. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, all of that lands really well, which is crazy. I know. Cause the, like that could easily be like an eye rolling. Like, well, give me a, break. the only, the only places it took me to a, a mild eye roll are more toward the finale. When art becomes a, a very like individual medium for like curing all your, your internal ails, uh, like all at the same time, every character. <laughs> I, I don't that know, was if, like, it's, oh, I don't know okay, if it's guys. all cured. I, mean, I know, but, the, but that, that scene is very like, Oh wow. We're really just doing it all here. Um, it's an attempt to cure. I know it all. It, it works too well is what I'm saying. Like, that's not, you can't say that that is how art works, but um, it, it just gets a lot maybe, right. Maybe it does work. If it, everybody dies from a fucking flu and they know living 20 years later, maybe it does work. Maybe doing the, a play like that <laughs> where you have to learn all the lines in like two hours somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I mean? have no like, idea what you guys are no i know I'm I'm, i don't i don't want to get bogged down it just it gets a little too specific in that moment when i like how broad it is otherwise right. you know no, what that's i mean fair. that's fair um but the reason that this show isn't doesn't get bogged down and stuff like that is because it has plot and it has like you said humor like it it sounds like it would be just a tone poem like a moody very like very deep introspective piece and it is all of that but it's not so self-obsessed you know what I mean? Right. It, it It's willing to give you momentum in every episode. You know, it's willing to things are happening. It's not just navel gazing. The leftovers is more navel gazy than this is. And then once leftovers stops being navel gazy um, is like, I liked it a little bit less to be honest. I think the leftovers was yeah. the best in that pocket of just like, man, what the fuck just what, happened? One other leftovers uh, comparison. Uh, well, I guess two that come to mind. First of all, the music fucking incredible. Got a shout out Dan Romer or Romer. Uh, Very who, cool. Who did the music. Oh, my God. This has that same fucking like kind of music cue where it just like it just makes you like have goosebumps and like swell up like the same effect that the leftovers music had. Um, and the other thing is, um, you know, this 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 uh, idea of belief. Right. Like. Do we believe the stories that were told? Mm-hmm. That's a really powerful thing in here is is that that theme of like when we hear something, do we believe it and how much meaning do we give it? And that's what the whole leftovers or the whole uh, Station Eleven book kind of carries through. Um, also, uh, there are a few. I mean, really, I don't think there's much of a weak link performance wise in this show. It's pretty it's pretty all around just crazy good. And it uh, also uh, Hamish Patel is my favorite. He's a god. Mackenzie Davis, like I said, took a step up and I already loved her. Um, the kid's name is Matilda Lawler. I was like, what on earth? Like, I, like I could take her or Mackenzie in any given scene. It's like I'm not I'm not missing Mackenzie when I'm watching young 
you know, young uh, Kirsten. It's it's crazy. Um, the guy who plays Clark, like it just. Oh ev- my God, Clark! <sighs> Talk about Shakespearean, you know, a character. I I, I could go on. I know. Can, it's, can it's we just too, save this for another? Because we. It's a lot. It's just. I would like to. What I, watch I, I, yeah, this all so I want to say. Get more into this. Is it's yeah. really, I, I, I'm gonna see this show. I just ran out of time. It's just. It's pod. really crazy what this show accomplishes without feeling too condensed because the only time it felt a little too condensed for me was the finale. Um, but other than that, I'm watching it being like, wow, they are building and destroying worlds in every episode with ease. Like, yeah. this is crazy. There's an episode with it's You know, it starts with a character that, you know, and you're like, oh, you know, maybe we'll get a couple scenes with him. And then it turns into that character building a society. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck am I watching right now? This yeah. is genius. It has that energy of like, this could go anywhere. It's leftovers yeah. energy, man. It's yeah, just like this any given scene. Go like, anywhere. Yeah, it's like wow. I guess oh my okay. <laughs> you know, and then it's like wow. Twenty years later, we get to see the repercussions of what we see I, in that very episode. It's crazy. I love it so much. I know it's a, it's a really fun, interesting show for how heavy it is. I guess is yeah. what I would say. Yeah, Station Eleven. It's my number one. That's it. Those are the lists. It's time for honorable mentions. I want to shout out some of our friends of the pod. Uh, Ray in the Discord, shout out to the Discord. Uh, these are his favorite shows of 2021. Number one, Coffin Flop. Hell yeah. <laughs> he okay. says, Do that specific sketch for my little think you should leave. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, well, no, it's the show on yeah, Spectrum. Yeah, yeah. The, the show oh, that Spectrum TV. is trying to, yeah. Oh, that's right. Spectrum that's right. is trying to drop Corncob TV. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I couldn't and watch he any didn't this year. rig shit. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, they keep thinking that he's rigging shit, but he does not rig shit. Yeah. Just, um, then he says that Lil Star Wars show. Hmm. Is that, I don't know what that is. Is that, is that, a, is, that Bo- is that Boba? Or Boba? I'm not sure. Then he says Arcane. Which I started and was pretty good. I think Dane also shouted that one out. Yep. Uh, then he says Invincible and uh, he shouts out how the animation is like an old adult swim show. Yep. Uh, and then also on here is Jujutsu Kaisen and Odd Taxi, which he just realized are all shows he watched this year. So not sure if those are new. Nice. Um, then other shout outs from other friends. Uh, Danny says Trafficked. Any fans of trafficked? What, what is, is that? that? No, I would never sure. support uh, human trafficking. Uh, and then, of course, I think you should leave. Adam shouts out uh, Succession, which he says as suck sesh. Suck sesh. Um, White Lotus, Midnight Mass, John Wilson, Yellow Jackets. Yellow so Jackets. Yellow Jackets is really we, that we that was Station Eleven. Didn't watch I it. need to see that show? Like that's universal. Well, that is that has come around. All, it's almost been like January that everyone's like, "Whoa, Yellow Jackets!" Like, yeah. Well, it's because it's on fucking Showtime, and so nobody watches shit that's on Showtime. That's that. Yeah, that's tough. For that's Yellow that's the problem. Uh, Pen Fifteen and the other two. He also sh- shouts out. Um, Rad. Danny also shouted out Midnight Mass, which we love, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then more from Dane. Uh, Arcane is up there. Lock and Key. Uh, Temptation Island. Let's go, Dane. but good. Reservation Dogs. Jojo Part Six. Um, Harry shouts out Succession. Uh, the latest episode of MCU, Shang Chi. Uh, Search Party. Guys, Search Party, pretty good show. I want to shout that one out, too. It's in its final season right now. Speaking of MCU stuff, um, I will say Loki was in top my... Top 20. It was, top it was kind of vying for a spot on there. Great Loki show. is a great show. Loki's the only one that I think is worthy of being in a top 10, personally. 
Uh, WandaVision starts out really good, but then just becomes pretty generic, in my opinion. And I have not seen any of the other ones, nor do I plan on it. Sorry, Hawkeye. Jeremy, bring back the app, and then I'll watch your silly little show. Don't you dare talk shit about my guy, Hawkeye. Uh, he shoots arrows. It, well, I just, I couldn't believe that he was able to negotiate a deal that all of the needle drops are his own music. Oh yeah. Heaven don't have a name. Um, Colin shouts out mayor of East town, John Wilson, obviously, um, WandaVision, I guess he says, uh, mm-hmm. I like, I like WandaVision. Um, I think that's a really good idea for a show to kind of be in like this, like, illusion of old tv you know that's not quite real but once it's really it starts good to until get more, it has to become a marvel thing yeah that's why loki is better because loki is the it's like weirdly both the least and the most marvel of all of the content that i've watched so far which again is two shows i'm gonna tell you right now i'm never watching falcon the winter soldier never so that's good. that's a show that has like good things on paper and then the execution is dude just, i like, just so i really terrible. love like what lockheed martin is doing like just for society um just a really big fan of like their work in the middle so, east the biggest show i want to shout out right now that was on my top 10 until i literally just had to take it off to make room for other things is kevin can f himself hell yeah let's go um it's on shout amc plus yeah shout out to uh sean davenport is it is it sean sean clemens, sean clemens. Sean clemens. hayes davenport oh yes sean clemens yeah okay sean hayes yeah <laughs> here comes hayes and sean whoa, um, whoa yeah sean clemens uh who is a co-writer co-producer and co-star on this show uh love like the experimental vibe how it's switching between like a multi-cam sitcom and just like this hard breaking bad like drama it's just works so well i had it on my list until i had to drop it i fucking love it it is coming back for a second and final season from what i hear um but it's great it's just there's nothing else like it in terms of kind of merging those diametrically different genres also what we do in the shadows which we shouted yeah, out on multiple years. I, I do think it. It's. I didn't like season three quite as much as season two. I feel like this is a show where you could kind of feel the COVID restrictions just a little bit, just a bit, yeah. just a little bit. Still a great show. It's still like I'm still like loved it. Still had some of the funniest shit. Love yeah. what they're doing with the characters on there. Uh, to round out my top twenty, you all already shouted out Survivor and Loki. I guess the only other one is Squid Game. Uh, I really love Squid Game. Hyper violent uh very very like out there but you got to recognize the fucking cultural relevance it had everybody's grandma watched squid game yeah. which i don't understand because like don't let your grandma watch squid game what are you doing <laughs> fucking just so gory someone told ernest that everyone and their grandma watched it and he was like grandma <laughs> no i know <laughs> The popularity of it can't be denied. Like they I, really like. It was almost as many people as people who watch Red Notice. Yeah, almost, almost. But I mean, that shouldn't take away from like the quality of the show. I think I think it lives up to it. I think it's really good. The social commentary, I think, is amazing, and just the production value. I think I think it's a it's a really good show. Uh, Dave on FX had its second season. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Great British Bake Off. Hell yeah. Netflix. Anybody? Good show. Giuseppe. Good show. Love it. Uh, Master of None, the uh, the COVID season that they did with uh, Lena Waithe as the main character. Impeachment. 
uh, colon American Crime Story, the uh, the Bill Clinton show. Did you say this show like isn't very good? Are you reaching that point of your list? I actually <laughs> liked it. I actually I actually ended up liking it. Okay. I have I have one question. Clive Owen. So he's not, uh, I, I'm out. He's not great. <laughs> yeah. But awful Beanie casting. Feldstein. Yeah. And um Billy Eichner. Oh, I make this show worth Who's watching. Who's Billy Eichner? He plays fucking Drudge. He plays like, from the oh. Drudge Report. Yeah. Man. Good for Billy there's, Eichner. There's a lot. I mean, Love this Billy. is not the Clive Owen show. You know, it's there's a <laughs> lot of good things in here. It's it, it's it's enjoyable. Um, Rick and Morty had a new season. Really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I guess to shout out some of the other things I didn't uh, finish are uh, MacGruber. MacGruber on the cock. MacGruber. Hey, excited for that. Gruby. Uh, Watch the first episodes and uh, Big Mouth on Netflix. Another new season. I'm a couple seasons behind on Big Mouth now at this point. Solid show. Solid yeah. show. Just mention, you know, just thought I'd mention like the the ones that are uh, still chugging along and don't quite get to that, you know, best of echelon. But yeah, good year. Amazing year. Uh, I think it is one to remember, especially when, you know, you take in like the 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 kind of timeless stuff that's going to not be around after this year the stuff that ended this year so yeah. great year in tv uh thanks for sticking around on another listomania be sure to tune in next week for i think we're gonna do best first watches of the year for 2021 so we have more time to catch up on movies before we give you that episode because there's a lot of movies we haven't seen a lot of them mm. we want to catch up on them so and then the greatest award show at all of all and you don't have to wait until fucking the end of march the wabami yeah we're gonna dress up nice for it i'm, I'm thinking i might bust out the wedding suit to come over here are we sure that we we're not gonna have to wait until the end of march <laughs> with that the rate that we're going no we're fine we got it <laughs> we we can do it thank you for listening please be sure to rate review subscribe email follow us and donate. Thank you to all you beautiful, beautiful, sexy donors for donating to the show and keeping it going. We're in the thick of Listomania. Check out webottommic.net for all other episodes, Listomania specials and lists and all that good shit. Next week, like I mentioned, is best first watches of 2021. And then after that, best films of 2021 to round out the whole list. Let us know if there's any shows that you enjoyed this year. Uh, that we didn't shout out and uh, yeah recommend the show and stick around and we love you thanks for listening bye bye bye